All right. So the process. I feel like I have to ask this as a part of, uh, of our creating space question. How many of us are now playing Wordle? Oh, big. Welcome to another episode of Chaplin. Can we talk? I am Robert Terrell. And I am Jared Furnish. Now, I'm Eric Nobrega, and we are chaplains from Corporate Chaplains America, and we chaplain various companies, making sure that their employees are cared for in this hectic world. In this podcast, we regularly interview our chaplains and other experts concerning the big issues with which we regularly see the employees we serve struggling. Today, we want to talk about a subject that affects many within the companies that we serve, and that is the challenges we all face in trying to live a full life and have productive careers and jobs with that. So I have the honor and privilege of introducing our guest today. He's a chaplain. He's our regional director with Corporate Chaplains of America, Jeff Thompson. He has, uh, I just want to thank you for being on the show. Jeff, when I first started this, I just didn't know what to expect. If I had a nickel for every time I go into a place and they say you're a chaplain and I had to explain it, I'd be rich. But when I think about a chaplain, I usually think of Father Mulcahy. But just after Father Mulcahy <laughs> is Jeff Thompson. And, uh, but I like to have this opportunity to, to say to Jeff, you know, we can't do what we do if he's not there encouraging us, giving us the advice we need, just walking with us. And it's really a privilege to have you there. You're the best RD. I'm sure other uh, chaplains would say their RDs are the best, and I'm sure they are. Good. Jeff is the best RD I have. I know, exactly. <laughs> You're like my favorite. I don't want to kiss Oh, up that's much, good. But <laughs> yeah, I'm thankful that you are my RD, especially in the early goings of this. You're, you know, it's been awesome being with you. And we've had you on the show before, that first episode. So if anyone's listening for the first time, you want to go back and hear about mental health. We had an interview, interviewed him about mental mm -hmm. health. But since for, if you're new today, Jeff, could you just um, introduce yourself a little bit for any new listeners? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I um, connect with, with your comment. It's been a joy to serve you with you guys. Um, I, I feel like I'm a leader of leaders. And so uh, that's exactly how I look at it and how I work with you. And, and I, I learn a lot from you guys, the, the, the challenges that you're working with and helping people through. I learn a lot. So uh, it, it goes both ways. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm married uh, to, to the same woman, my high school sweetheart, uh, for 32 years. Um, we have three grown daughters and two uh, granddaughters uh, who um, kind of have me wrapped around their fingers. And um, in fact, today they finished some kind of reading club thing. And um, so they sent me uh, they texted or their mom texted me photos of all their awards of course there's a fundraiser attached to that so boom right away grandpa's sending out cash um but they've got me uh, wrapped up so uh and uh we've lived in wisconsin for most of our lives and but i have had opportunity to travel a lot of the world and been working with uh, corporate chaplains of america for over 10 years now and uh it's, it's just a joy to to be in this kind of work and be with people um, and understanding the struggles that they're going through. And I think this topic is, is really ideal to be uh, kind of di diving into. So in this space called Creating Space, 
we like to find out a little bit more just about you, what you're doing in your life. What's giving you life in this season? Yeah, great question. And it's been fun to hear different responses from your guests um, with this. And I think the last time I was here, I talked about cross-country skiing. And um, I'm still doing a lot of that. In fact, I found trails closer to home. And um, so as it is in Wisconsin, though, we get a few days of warmth and the trails turn into mud. And so I was just about to fun. say, you're not doing much more of that now. No, no, I wish I was. But uh, it, the, the skis get kind of messy after that. Um, but right now, I think the, the most life-giving thing that's um, an event that I do on a daily basis is, is just working out. I have a, a pretty set routine, a stretching, yoga, Pilates, kind of mixture with push-ups, um, and I've kind of made it my own kind of routine. And it takes me about 20 to 25 minutes each day in the morning just to get through that. Um, but what I've learned to do is just kind of really... Uh, quiet myself and just really be present to that. Um, and, and I find that very life-giving. And so it's it's a good physical exercise, but it's also a good way to just rest the mind as well uh, when you're kind of in that routine. And uh, so that's that's what I'm doing right now. So Jeff, our whole purpose of this episode today is to discuss work-life balance, which I, I kind of think from our discussion beforehand, you're going to encourage us to kind of re redefine that term, but we're going to go with it right now. So to start off the discussion, would you mind telling us why you think it is so important for us to discuss with our employees and ourselves concerning work-life balance? Yeah, I think I think a lot of employees that are being served by corporate chaplains are are asking that question, and they're they're coming to their chaplain to ask it because everybody is is wrestling with it right now, especially whenever there's a, a transition in workflow, in which you know we've come through that with the pandemic, and hopefully we're coming into the endemic at some point here, and so there's going to be another change of workflow, right? So we're going to need to figure out. Um, how do I balance um, the differences between work? When, when do I shut it off at home and so that I can be present home? And, and when do I um, allow myself to be fully present at work? Um, and especially those that had to become remote workers where work became home and home is work. So it's, it, it's really been difficult. So I think it's a, a valid question because everybody's asking it. It's, 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 it's something that we're trying to figure out uh, together, which is a really good way to do it. Um, I, it's funny, I used to not believe in this concept of work-life balance. As you guys know, I would kind of snicker at that. What is, what is this? And I, I think what I've done is I've kind of tried to explain why I don't fully embrace the idea of balance, because I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible to have a balance between these two, because I, I believe that work should be integrated into life. And in life really should be the one that dictates what work looks like. And how do I experience stress? Well, the way I want to live my life will dictate how I, how I define stress. Okay. And so for me, it's really about integration of work and life. How do I do that in a way that makes sense, um, in a way that accomplishes goals, um, and, and in a way that maintains relationships um, as well. 
And so for me, the whole concept um, really revolves around being integrated as a whole person. Oh, and, and I, I love that, Jeff, because I mean, if I hear what you're saying is, is that work, work-life balance implies that we have two things that are of equal value that are, quote, balancing each other out. And what you're saying is these two things should not be equal value. And if they are equal value, that may actually be destructive to you. Right. Right. It's interesting. Um, there's a movie coming out uh, by Apple TV. Um, they're coming out with a movie called Severance. And I, it's, it, the trailer is out. So I, that's all I've seen. So I don't really know exactly what the concept is. But the trailer makes it sound like what they've done is they've scientifically figured out a way to have people's brains focused entirely on work when they're at work. So when they're there, they don't think about their personal lives at all. In fact, they have no recollection of it. Um, and then when they're home, they have no recollection of what they're doing, what, what they had been doing at work. So from the outside, you think, well, wow, that sounds like a pretty cool thing because I wouldn't have the stress of work when I walk in the front door at home. Uh, but again, you're bifurcating your life. You're, you're dividing up who you are as a person. And you can just imagine where the storyline is going to go uh, with this movie. Um, but um, that's just not something that's possible. You know, we, we are a whole person. We bring our whole selves to work. Um, and we bring uh, our, our stressors from home and we bring our stressors from work uh, in both places. Well, and one of the things I think of with that is that might not actually be healthy for the work environment either. Uh, to right. use our pre-conversation. So uh, I, I think everybody knows that we, we talk for a while because we enjoy each other uh, as a group before we ever really start recording. But as a part of our pre-conversation, I told you a story from my life. Uh, regarding the shirt I'm wearing right now, that you then said, hey, you made contact with that person, and it has nothing to do with our work. Could you get me that information? Because that's somebody we want to talk to. So my personal life that I was not trying to use for work purposes, I just shared with you during work hours. And that actually is now advantageous for the company that we work in. And, and I think a, a part of the temptation is for us as employees at places to think I have to give them my all rather than realizing, no, they're paying me for a job. I should do that job. Um, but my life is most important. And I think the other danger is for employers to think I need them focused on us all the time rather than realizing that that breaks actually may help the company. I mean, like statistically, uh, if you want your employees to succeed, you need to make sure that they go on their vacations because employees who go on vacation are typically more productive. That goes against the easy uh, correction, but it, it is the way the world actually works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they're more productive and they're more efficient. I think, um, I know for me personally, if I don't take time off, um, I can really get hung up in the minutia of work um, when I lose the sense of how do I do this more efficiently? There's a creativity piece that you need in order to, to find efficiencies if that makes sense. You know, you got to be able to think, boy, is there a faster way to do this? Um, that takes creativity. And that, that comes out of rest. You, you need rest in order to ha have that part of your brain working. Um, you need to stare at something beautiful, like, you know, mountainscapes or, uh, or landscapes um, or, um, you know, vistas that just inspire you. Those are the kind of things that actually do spark creativity. And you bring that into your work. So if you don't take the time off, and your world becomes just this bubble, um, you know, you're going to actually become less productive and less efficient uh, mm -hmm. at work. 
So well, yeah, and that's probably big, why Jared is so efficient and productive in his current studio <laughs> that he's in right now. <laughs> he's inspired but, all the time yeah. by beautiful insulated walls. I was going to say that bunker he's in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love what you're talking about bringing beauty or just uh, creative inspiration with you into the workplace, because I know for myself, if, if I feel like my brain's not engaging if I'm getting bored, especially for certain personalities or workers like me that might be slightly ADD, you do, you lose interest even in what you're trying to focus on. And it's interesting how having, um, like even right now, I don't know if you guys noticed, I grabbed a chain and I was twirling it in my hand and it's yeah. just being able to bring something from the outside to bring some external level of enjoyment helps focus on what I'm currently doing. Yeah. Well, and, and we, we were talking about this game that's a sensation right now, this Wordle game that everybody's getting into. Uh, I love I love looking into the history behind that game, by the way, too. That's kind of curious. Um, but but we have to have those distractions because the distraction takes us out of the work problem where we're in the middle of. It gives us just a little bit of escape so that when we, we come back to work, we're coming at it at a different angle. We're coming at it from a different place mentally and emotionally so this work-life balance concept it, it really is um important for us to understand that we need to take those little breaks uh in the, even in the midst of our day a lot of the top ceos um when they're um surveyed they'll t they'll say that they're really into games on their phones because you can play a short little game just to distract yourself just for a couple of minutes go into some other world for a little bit and then come back into the work world from a different angle, a different perspective. You're kind of resetting the brain. And so I think this work-life balance idea really gets into a lot of that. We as human beings are a whole unit. We're not just one concept. We're not just worker bees. Um, we are creative and we've, we need to take the time to kind of get, di get distracted once in a while so that we can reapproach problems from a fresh uh, insight. So I think a lot of rest to play play is something I've struggled with most of my life. Um, uh, I think when I was eight, I stopped playing. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but for me, play um, and my grandkids really helped to kind of reopen that for me. Um, I'm really good at changing the clothes on Polly Pockets, <laughs> which if you've ever seen a Polly Pocket doll, that little rubber clothing is really tough to manipulate. Uh, but playing with them kind of opened that up for me again. It's like, yeah, I need this in my life because it really helps me to relax. It helps me to be present um, so that I can approach work situations with a sense of freshness, a sense of play, even in work. Um, so there's, there's a lot about this concept uh, that really uh, impacts, again, productivity um, and overall success uh, in the workplace. So we've got to have those times. I think it's cool when you look at companies like Google, they've got playrooms. I mean, they've got, they've got video arcade rooms, uh, ping pong tables are really popular and you see these things popping up. Why is that? Well, it's because we as human beings need distractions and we need to reapproach problems after we've had a time to relax our brains a little bit. So Jeff, um, you know, I'm listening to it and I'm thinking in my own life where there's times where what you're saying, I've, I've, I've known that truth, that reality. And yet I find a battle almost within myself because I have every excuse why I'm special and why that doesn't apply to me. Because, mm. well, my work, if I don't do this, 
this will fall or if I, you know, so I'm just wondering, what do you think? Does, does it come from, for myself, it turned out after really looking in and being led by God that it was coming from a place of pride. I, I had myself at too high of an important position, um, how like I was at the center holding the universe together. And if I took a break, the universe was going to fall apart. And so what do you think motivates us to, to like, sometimes I think we grab this, but we resist it. What do you think motivates us to resist what you're talking about? No, I think you're, you're heading down the, the right path as far as how to deal with this. When you feel like you're imbalanced um, in this regard, where do you go? And I think you have to go back to your motivations. What you have to check in with, why am I saying yes to all these projects? Is it pride? And I, and I can, I definitely connect with you on that. There's a sense of, boy, I've got to be the one doing it. I have to be the one doing it. Um, and, and is that really true? You know, be, being willing to ask yourself, um, you know, what is the right motivation for taking on all this extra stuff that's causing stress? Is it finances? You know, have I made decisions with my finances that force me to have to keep working more hours and taking on extra projects to pay the bill? You know, and maybe that needs to be dealt with. Uh, so there's lots of motivations that get us kind of stuck in this imbalanced feeling that we have. Um, you know, the workaholic, um, the, the, the concept of being a workaholic, what are we trying to escape from? You know, if, if we talk about alcoholism, there's somebody trying to escape from some type of reality that they don't want to cope with. Workaholics have that same type of motivation. They're trying to escape something. Um, and so what is that? So I think you're right. I think when you feel the imbalance in work life, where's the motivation for you signing up for all this extra stress? You know, what is the, what's motivating that? Um, is it just a season, a season of your life where it's crazy? Um, or is this an ongoing problem where you're, you're wrestling with this concept all the time? Well, and Jeff, one of the things I like to use with my caregivers, uh, I feel like almost all modern cars have a um, RPM gauge as a part of them. Maybe somebody has one that doesn't, but most of my, my caregivers that I meet with uh, have that. And I talk about how your car was designed to be able to handle short time periods in the red, that that's not the end of the world. So that when you see the RPMs go up in the red, you shouldn't freak out and go, oh my gosh, that's terrible. But that that gauge is there to tell you when you're in the red all the time. And there may be some times in our work, well, like, you know, I mean, uh, there've been a couple of times where I, as a chaplain, I've been a little overwhelmed by some things. I, I think truthfully the time period where I was having to, to drive once a week over to where you live and uh, mm -hmm. take care of some companies there that we needed somebody to take care of because we didn't have a chaplain for them at that point, but they needed a chaplain. And that was about six months to where I was in the red all the time. But I also knew that it wasn't a matter of, okay, I'm, I'm not integrating work into my life. This is a temporary time period. And after it's done, I'm going to be able to go back to normal life. And normal life is I am spending time at home with my family, that that's what my life is about. It's not about, I got to do this to impress our company, corporate chaplains. It was, this is just a short time. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think that's why the, the pandemic is so unique to us too, uh, Robert, because it's, it keeps going on and on and on. Yeah. It seems like it is yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, two um, years now. Yeah. I know my boss, uh, Richard Buckley, um, he's talking about the word languish. We're, we're languishing right now because we, we schedule things that are going to be fun on our calendar, 
all to have it canceled because of something like something related to the pandemic cancels it. So we've got these fun conferences that we used to go to that were always blast and training conferences, seminars, things that were kind of a release, you know, a way of being at work, but, but really building into ourselves. Don't have those, um, you know, or other events, family events, even um, going to concerts. That's just not happening because we put it on the calendar, but we know it's going to get canceled. So we don't even have that as a release right now. And so he uses the word languishing. We're just kind of languishing um, because we're, we're kind of stuck in this. What's going to happen next? And I, and I think that's what's motivating a lot of these conversations right now around this topic is we're, we're all in this corporate societal languishing of when, when do we get to move on to normal again? Um, and you can't really talk about balance when everything's out of balance, everything's out of, out of sorts. Um, it's, it's tough to find that equilibrium. I liked everything you've said. I like the part when you were talking about finances, because there are things that keep people from, because they're hanging mm -hmm. over them, right? Yeah. So they have to take first steps. They have to take control over it to actually find that balance. And uh, I'm wondering what are some practical first steps? I always like to go back to the practical. What are some, because the people listening, you know, well, this is all great information, but what, what do I do next? And I'm thinking on an individual level, I'm thinking on a corporate level, what do companies need to do or what have you seen done that you thought was a good idea? And then I think society has some say in this as well. You know, I think we have to start mm -hmm. thinking a little differently. So I was just wondering yeah. what some practical steps we can maybe give people that are listening right now yeah let's start let's start with the practical the individual i like the way you structured that i think the first thing eric is and, and i and that's why this is such a great topic for this podcast is is you need your chaplain this is a great concept or a great topic to have with your chaplain it starts on the individual level with having a good safe confidential conversation with someone who knows how to listen well and someone who knows how to help you listen to yourself well. Um, and that, that's what chaplains do, right? We, we don't just listen well, we help you listen to yourself well. And you'll, through that conversation, through a trained conversation with someone who's trained to really listen deeply, things will start to come out. Like, what is the real motivation? And sometimes you need to be asked that question, why, why, why? You know, you know for me, my first response to the why question is never the right one. I've got to go three layers down before I really get to the root of why I'm saying yes to so many things when I really should be saying no and blocking time out. Um, and so I think on the individual level, it really starts with having an honest conversation with someone who's trained to listen well, um, who's not going to poke their finger in your chest, but, uh, but allow you to poke your own finger in your chest and say, hey, this is the truth here. Um, because we have to get to that place of integrity, personal integrity, where we say, okay, this is what's really motivating me here. You know, this is really more about my own self-image um, or lack of self-image um, than it is about being, you know, forced into more work time. It's, it's more about me saying yes and when I really should be saying no. Um, so I, I do think on the individual level, it, it starts with good conversations. And you, you need to have it out loud. You can you could have that internal conversation, but it's never going to be a positive thing. It, it, you need that external good conversation. And so that's why I think our chaplains are very well qualified to help us help people explore what's the real motivation um, you know, going on there. 
Uh, on a corporate level, I think within companies, I, one of the companies we serve, uh, Festival Foods, they are really trying to be intentional about uh, managers' response when other employees come back from vacations or come back from time with family. They've actually, they've actually said in corporate meetings, listen, when someone comes back to the office after being off, you need to ask them if they had a good time, tell them you appreciate the fact that they spent time with their family. So they're actually teaching the managers, don't pick on them for being off. It was celebrated, celebrate the fact that they got some time off. And I, I think that's really healthy. So I think on a corporate level, that needs to be, to be done more. I think corporate, the heads of corporations, I think it starts at the upper levels where they say, we need to encourage people to, to find that balance, find that equilibrium. That's really a big thing because I used to work retail and it was like, every time someone took a day off, someone else was ribbing them, someone was giving them a hard time. And you always felt it's this guilt factor that mm -hmm. is always out there. And so they feel like if they do it, they're letting some, sometimes it's not even guilt, but sometimes they just feel like they're letting someone that some other people down. I have these conversations every day and it's yep. like, no, you're doing your best. You need to do this. If you don't do it. And you and I have talked about this in the past. If you don't do this, your body will do it for you. You know, it's yeah, coming, it's right. coming and it's coming yep. fast. <laughs> Especially right. I know a lot of people that are really on burnout time right now and especially with COVID because everyone's so short and they can't get workers into their you know buildings so right working extra hours to cover it but that's only going to last so long and then you're going to lose good employees because you're not like right. allowing them use PTO that they've earned or whatever so I, I that was good I love that point well it, it, it and Eric what it comes back to again is that idea of, of losing creativity so if you don't let people have that time where they relax and they play and they, they look on something beautiful for a while, if you don't, if they spend time with their children, if you don't give them that time, when they come back to the work, they're, they're going to be less efficient because they haven't had that time to recharge. And so do you want someone to come back to work that's ready to be creative, ready to be efficient, ready to find ways of, of innovation? You're going to have to let them have some time off because that's the only way our brains are, are, are able to get to that creative space. Well, and Jeff, it seems like for an employer, and you talk to more employers than, than we do, that it's also important to give them that time in the sense of it is a ton easier right now to keep an employee than it is to get a new employee. And if you don't give them that time, they're going to go, well, this person doesn't value me. This company doesn't value me. I'm going to find another place that does. And that's not a good thing when the labor pool is overflowing. It's mm -hmm. an amazingly terrible thing when the labor pool is, is uh, lacking. Yeah, it, the cost of ramping up or onboarding, they call it, a new employee is just, it, it's, it's through the roof. Uh, it takes forever to get the return on investment. So it's better to work with what you have and figure out ways to help those employees find balance and equilibrium than it is to try to hunt somebody else down after that, that last employee just walked out because they're, they're so stressed they can't take it. Mm -hmm. and I, I really appreciate it. It resonates with me when you talked about coach creating an atmosphere of celebration. So one of the mentors in my life, mm -hmm. uh, or I don't know if he realized it, but he is Bishop Walter Harvey, if you're listening. But he, he made a comment once that we replicate what we celebrate within a culture, yes. within a, within a people, within ourselves. And That's so awesome. we can say, Hey, this is good. You need to do this. 
But if you're like me, um, even though I know it's good for me, the more times I hear someone badger me, the less likely I am to do it, even though I know it's good for me. That's a personal flaw. I, I own it, but that's a reality. But if, if I hear someone saying, hey, I really appreciate that you took the time to care for yourself, I, I just receive it differently and, and I respond differently. And I think maybe a lot of other people are like me in that. And so I, I just love that idea of, we, we want this change, these things, this integration in our life to take place, but encouraging, celebrating it rather than telling, forcing people to do it. So, yes. Well, and are you guys familiar with Ariana Huffington? She was the founder of, of uh, Huffington Post, was a reporter. So you've heard of HuffPo before, though. Huffington, oh, yeah. Huffington Post. Yeah. Okay. So she doesn't own it anymore, but she was the founder of it. And she's a big believer in naps. And encouraged her employees to take naps because she thinks, hey, they increase creativity. It, it, truthfully, it's another yep. form of that, hey, taking care of yourself. Naps and she, are spiritual. I mean, Jesus did them. So, exactly. Uh, I don't know about the napping in a boat during a storm part. I don't know how you do that. But, hey, he, he is Jesus. He was, he was fully integrated. I mean, really. But one of the things she <laughs> did through was, a tornado. She had her office made entirely of glass so that people could see her napping. Wow. Now, wow. I mean, to be honest, I don't know that I'm that courageous. Yeah. <laughs> I but couldn't get to sleep. <laughs> you want to talk about showing people what you want them to do. You know, where's Ariana? Oh, she's taking a nap right there. And yeah. it seems like one, as, as chaplains, if we're going to encourage people to do this, we need to be doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we need to yeah. encourage our owners to do it also. Yeah. I remember one time when I was a full-time chaplain, uh, there was a, a, a mid-level manager who, who was one of those work, workaholic people, just always there. And uh, she had taken some time off to uh, go to a play that her child was in at school. And when she came back and she told, she, she couldn't stop talking about it. And all I said at the end was, man, you're a great mom. You're a great mom. Oh my goodness. She just started t- crying and tears were welling up. And I was like, wow, what did I, she said, I just so rarely hear that. I just so rarely hear that. And, and I, and it made, it felt good to hear it. I, I am a good mom. Yes. And so I, I think if managers and leaders um, in the workplace, even just coworkers can just uh, give space and, and mention those types of things, you know, Hey, home is important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're great here at work, but man, you got to stay focused on those things that are lasting. Mm-hmm. And these things that are going to last. I want to get back to Eric's question because it was a threefold question. Oh, um, and so on a societal level too, I did a little bit of research um, on this topic. The, the first time that work-life balance came up as a concept was in 1817. So we're going way back. And it was a labor activist. And he promoted that the day be split up into eight hours. So eight hours of work, eight hours of recreation, and eight hours of sleep. Um, that was his big push politically back in the 1817. Um, and so, and I find it interesting, there's, in recreation, I supposedly there's food preparation, there's meal times, there's washing the clothes, you know, all the other stuff that we have to do, right? Somehow that all fits into recreation time. Full eight hours of recreation would be awesome. Um, but uh, so it does go back. But I, I think the pandemic is affecting the society overall. I think this, the, the, when it comes to work-life balance, I think uh, on a societal level, we're having to wrestle with this. And we're seeing a lot of stuff in the news now about, and we, we were talking about it too earlier, about 
governments actually imposing and saying no more emailing uh, of employees or requiring people to email after five or after the day the work day is over. Isn't that sad that our government has to come, a government has to come in and say, you cannot do this, it's illegal. Um, but I think our society is getting to the point where we, we're gonna need to have some kind of impositions that say, we can't impose that on people. They need to have time to re relax and reflect and care for their families and themselves. Um, it, I just find it interesting that the pandemic has kind of brought all this to light, um, that some people are working what seems to be nonstop. And then that's just not healthy. Jeff, I think I'm, I'm wondering. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, Jeff, I was just wondering, as you talked about that, I mean, technology is an incredible gift. It's enabled us to maybe be able to take breaks where we wouldn't have normally because we can get a little bit done. And But at the same time, is that connectivity, constant connectivity, is that's what keeping us from engaging, from finding space to find this balance and integrate, you know, fun into our lives? Yeah. It's so sad, and I, I hate to admit this, but um, last night I, I went to watch TV. It was like eight o'clock, and we, we had dinner out with some friends, and it was a great time and very relaxing. Came home, and I grabbed my iPhone, my mini iPad, and then I found out, oh, I've got to do some typing, so I got to get my, my, my other computer. I had three devices on, when, on my Lazy Boy, my recliner, all laid out in front of me. And my dog got really upset with me because normally he lays there. That's where he puts, he comes in the evenings when we watch TV and relax. He just comes and sits there. That's where his spot, he's like, wait a minute, you got this computer sitting here. That's my space. He was all over me. Uh, but yeah, I think technology, uh, it's a great, if you use it in a way that makes you more efficient, it, it can be wonderful. Um, but it also keeps you, keeps you plugged in. It's like the matrix, right? You're always plugged into this thing. Um, how do you know how to turn it off? You know, if you don't use the, the devices properly, they could rule your life. Well, I've, I've heard, and this is what I'm learning. They actually have off buttons. What? I know. It's Get crazy. out of town. <laughs> You're, I was thinking when you brought up COVID, it is, it's almost a two-edged sword, double-edged sword because it has... I think now that it's ran as long as it's gone, it's been more detrimental to everything, but it did require us to stop and slow down a little bit when it first kind of happened. I don't think we ever would even thought about sending people home to work or until this hit. So there are some things that came out of it that I don't think it's uh, horrible, but the longer it goes on, it's definitely made it more difficult, especially in mental health yeah. areas. No, it's interesting you bring that up because a lot of my work as a regional director is I work with HR uh, departments and the owners of companies that we serve in. And a lot of my discussions with them is about that is, are you seeing reduced productivity? And they're saying, no, We're, we actually see more productivity by, by allowing people to control their own schedules. And it's, it's kind of liberated um, people to have a schedule that makes sense for them which I think is actually a good thing. I mean, I think if corporations would look at that and say, I've got an employee who has two toddlers at home. Okay, for a certain season of their life, mornings are gonna be rough. And so why not allow them to have that time to get their families together, get them moving, get things flowing, have interactions with their toddlers, which they need, um, so that later in the day, they can be productive. You know, that, so I think 
and there's a lot of little stories like that that I think are coming out of this. I think where it's really going to affect things is the commercial real estate markets um, as far as what to do with all this office space. If a lot of companies are going to give options to their employees uh, to work from home, again, as long as productivity is there, um, but the conversations I'm having, they're being surprised by how productive their employees have been, uh, giving them the latitude and uh, if I may say, treating them like adults, treating them like professionals, you know, here's the work, get it done however you need to get it done, you know, and, just, and then allowing people to have that, again, here's that word creativity to say, how, how do I most effectively get this work done? Um, I don't have to go in the office, you know, from eight to five every day. Uh, I can do a lot of things from home. Jeff, I'm listening to this, uh, kind of a last question here is, you know, when I think of life balance, and I like how you're, because I also have struggled with that word of balance, or I've come to realize it's not always a helpful term, because when I think of life balance, I think of myself balancing all these plates in my life, you know, the, the old plate, planner, plate spinners, they got plates spinning on, on multiple sticks, and they're trying to balance all of it, and eventually, inevitably, we all have limited capacity, and a plate falls and shatters, and, and I think we obviously are spinning plates because we care about those things in our lives. We care about things in our lives. That's why we're engaged in them. Just practically, how do we evaluate what plates I need to let fall and break, mm. or I need to disengage, stop spinning so that I can wow. find healthy balance of integration in my life. It, Cause sometimes like, and I like how you said work influences who we are, life influences who we are. And so mm -hmm. there's a culmination of everything that we do literally shaping part of who we are and what we value. And so part of that deciding and discerning, what do we put down? What do we do when the things we care about are maybe pulling our character, who we are in opposite directions? Uh, and it's mm. pulling us apart rather than, than sh collectively shaping us, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, and I, th I think that's exactly, the question has an answer within it, right? If, if something's falling, and, and crashing um, to, to spend the time in reflection. Why did that happen? You know, if if I'm I'm used to always getting A's um, on my papers and on my work, okay, um, and suddenly I get a B minus. Does it crush me, or am I okay with it? Um, and sometimes I think we need to be okay with it. We need to be able to walk away and say, you know what, in this season of my life, I can settle with a B. I'm good. Um, and every once in a while, we have crises that hit us that all the plates fall down, you know, and we have to, in a very humbly, humble way, ask for help. And we have to really reevaluate what's the one plate I can deal with right now. Um, and, those, and those crises happen, too. And, and not to allow the, the plate crashing to affect who you are as you're at your core. And so I think a lot of this for me is really knowing yourself. When we're having conflicts with work-life balance or we're using that word a lot in our dialogue with people, that means you need to spend some time in reflection. You need to get back to who am I and, and who, what do I want to be known for? Not, how, not for what I did, but for how I did it. Does that make sense? I, I don't wanna know, be known that I just finished the plate spinning like and I kept them all going. But did I keep them all going by running over people and tackling people and, you know, uh, you know, forcing others to spin plates that are my plates to spin? I mean, how, how did I accomplish it, which should be something that we should be concerned about. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm at, a, I'm a person who's got three grown uh, kids, you know, and so my opportunity to invest in them, that's when they were at home is gone for me. Now my investment time is being available when they text me or when they have questions of adult life. And so, and now I find myself saying, I don't want to miss that. That's a priority for me. I, I, I'm going to answer that text or when they send me a photo of my granddaughter, I'm going to respond to that. I don't, I don't care what I'm doing and what, what else. That's the priority. And so I think from time to time, we, we do need to figure out how are we keeping these plates going? Is, is, is that how I want to be known? You know, do my, do I want my kids to remember that I kept it all going and that I got A's? Um, they didn't even, they, my kids don't even know what my reviews look like with my employer. So what, what do they care about that? What do they care about is that when they had a, an event that they worked hard at and they believed in, their dad was there to watch that and to see it. And that's the priority. So I, I think, uh, and, and it's a, a tough way to answer your question, but I think really focusing in on what plates are important and being okay with them breaking once in a while, that's life. Um, and then being more, more concerned about how you lived and how you worked mm -hmm. than what you did and what you accomplished. Well, and I've heard a lot of different people say this, but I, I know that uh, Steve Jobs said, said it. So I'm going to paraphrase him. He said something to the equivalent of people think that focus, and I'm going to say importance here, means saying yes to the thing that you, you, you've got to focus on. But that's not what it means at all. Instead, what it means is saying no to the hundred other good ideas that keep you from focusing on the thing you want to focus on. And I feel like that's what you're saying uh, mm -hmm. with integration is uh, integrating work into your life is not saying no to work all the time. It's saying no when things interfere with the thing that's most important to you and saying yes when it helps you to really live out the life that you're wanting to be your definition. And as people of faith for us, that comes down to being, being faithful disciples of Christ. We say yes to the things that help us to be faithful to Christ while maybe saying no to a lot of other things that are really good. They're not bad. Mm -hmm. They just don't help us to focus on, on what is truly our one thing. Very good. Yeah. In, in a way work is a spiritual thing. I think um, it is a part of who we are and what we bring to it is part of our part of us is our spiritual life. And so, you know, what are those values? What are those, um, what's that mission or vision that you have for your life and how does it integrate to your work? Um, and a lot of times people do an evaluation like that and they realize, boy, the work I'm at or the place I'm working just doesn't match with my values. You know, when it does, there's great harmony and it's, boy, it's just an, an amazing thing. So finding companies that have values that aren't just on the wall, but are lived out and then matching that with your values. Um, that's a lot of times a, a huge help in, in finding balance, finding integration. Jeff, thank you so much for, uh, for the discussion. If you had like an elevator pitch for our employees and for our, the owners of our companies on why integration uh, between work and life is so important, what would that be? Hmm. Wow. I think it's an important topic because in order to truly be productive in a way that impacts the world in a positive way, you want to have a team of people that are all pointing in the same direction with the same motivation so that when you're at the end of the day, you can feel really positive about what was what happened, um, how you created something unique, 
uh, as a team. So this, this topic really ties into having that harmonious um, work experience. And, and that's why it's, it should be something we all keep in mind, front of mind. Jeff, I just want to thank you again for uh, being with us as much as I often joke around. I do really appreciate you uh, and just spending time with us and sharing the wisdom uh, and the expertise that you have with us and our listeners today. So that ends our episode of Chaplain, Can We Talk? We hope you enjoyed it and you found some helpful information within this conversation that we had today. And if there is a subject that you would like us to discuss, Uh, let us know. We have about 30 different chaplains that are in our region now, and we're in a company that has over 200 chaplains. And we know lots of people. I promise you, we can find somebody that relates to the subject. So please let us know by contacting us through the information that is in the show notes or on Twitter at our Twitter handle, which is chaplain. Can we talk? And the can we talk is abbreviated. So it's chaplain CWT. And for now, thanks for joining us for this episode of the podcast. And remember that you are cared for. (music) 